Welcome to the OKC Community Podcast. We are so glad you're here. To get the latest updates or to watch this week's message, visit our website at okccommunitychurch.com. You guys ready to get into God's Word today? Good, good. Uh, Last week we began a series of teachings for this month that we're calling a series about God, which I know is like the simplest, most plain title of all time, but how many know that sometimes... The best things in the world are the simplest things, right? And so I believe that God has something for us. But I said this last week, but the the word God itself, just the word God, may be the weightiest, most loaded, most just strongest word of all time, right? Like it's, it's just ask someone their opinion about God, right? Just ask someone, hey, what do you believe about God? Just ask someone uh, if they, if, if they've ever if they think that God is real, just, just tell someone how they are supposed to worship God. And the, and the conversation will turn pretty heated, pretty awkward, pretty quick. Because the word God itself actually means quite a bit to every one of us, even if we don't realize it yet. There is something about just the word, the name, God. Today I want to tackle what may be one of the most interesting, stretching, powerful concepts and subjects about God. I want to talk about God the healer. God the healer. I'm excited to talk about this today. I think it's going to be a lot of fun today. I think, I truly, I think it's going to be fun. Look at your neighbor right now and say, this is going to be fun. This is going to be fun. I believe it. Healing, healing is actually quite normal these days. It actually is. I wear contact, contact lenses. You could call that like entry-level medical healing. Couldn't you? I mean, think about it. Like, it's sort of crazy that I take this flimsy plastic kind of piece of material and stick it in my eyeball, and all of a sudden I have eagle vision. Like, it it doesn't make sense. It's like entry-level medical healing. And I'm praying, by the way, beyond entry-level. I need laser surgery. Anybody had laser surgery on your eyes? Does it hurt? It doesn't hurt? Do you have x-ray vision now? Because I want that next level. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm going for it. But healing is normal, and, and it's becoming more normal in a lot of ways. Medical healing can look like, oh, I got a, a new knee replaced, or a medical can heal, an amputee given a new leg, right? In the last 100 years, and, and as a result of medical advances, life expectancy has doubled. How many of you guys are thankful for that? Yeah, yeah right? And, and any, anyone else, I'm sure you join me, you're blown away by what they can do through different various life-saving surgeries like just kind of blows your mind i mean a lot of you know scott's story right like he he had a liver transplant got a brand new liver to save his life a lot of us know that leslie's mom casey just recently a few weeks ago had the same surgery got a brand new liver put in her body to save her life and we're praising god for the healing happening right now in casey it's so amazing and by the way we have people that know how to pray for livers so just let us know um You never know. You never know. But in the, last, in the last 50 years, there's been all sorts of advances, even in curing diseases, things like cancer. Christy had breast cancer last year, and through surgery and medical procedures, she is now cancer-free. Like, here's the thing. You don't, don't you know that I'm grateful for medical healing? Don't you know I can now have eagle vision, entry-level healing, and my wife is now healed, which is like advanced-level medical healing. Like, I'm grateful for it all. You know what I'm saying? Like... I am so thankful for doctors, for nurses, for people who advance all of us in that space, and I celebrate them, and I also 
I'm thankful for God. I'm thankful that God has given them the capacity to do such things. Like, at the end of the day, like, I get to, as a believer, celebrate what God is doing through people and still give God all the glory, right? Like, that's what's so good. And there is a God-given human capacity for healing that we must acknowledge and praise God for. And I think it's worth asking, even with knowing that, that we've made so much advances, is that all we need, though? Is that all we need? Are we capable enough as humans, as people, can we solely depend upon ourselves and the God-given abilities he's given us to make all the advances we need in order to give us all the healing we want? Because it's not just healing our bodies, it's healing our minds, it's healing our souls. Do we need more from God as the healer? And even with all that has happened in the last hundred years, I think we still look around, and there's so much sickness, there's so much pain, there's so much hurt, there's so much brokenness, and I think we would all look at each other and say, yes, we still need God to bring a kind of healing that we'll never be able to do. And some of us, you know, we didn't even know how to even approach that subject. I know for a lot of us, it's our last-ditch effort, like, to pray to God for healing, So at some point, there, though, is a moment for most of us in our life where we have no other option other than to pray, God, will you heal me? Or God, will you heal them? In fact, I'll put this on the screen. There's a a stat that says 90%, 90% of people have prayed to God for some type of healing, which is a staggering statistic to think 90%, 9 out of 10 people have prayed to God healing. It actually tells me something really, really important. It tells me that healing is actually one of the most approachable things about God. People will come to God when they need healing. It's one of the most familiar things about God to people, even if people that have a questionable faith. They will acknowledge that potentially or maybe or possibly God is the great healer. So doing a series about God means we have to talk about him as the healer. I mean, nine out of ten people are praying this prayer. We should talk about it. So, yeah, God is the healer. One of the most approachable things about God, I, I believe it's, it's sort of the entry point for a lot of people. You know, while churches and denominations argue about healing and argue how it works or should it work or does it work or is it real or what is it, while people within the church, theologians and smart people are debating these things, People in the world are just simply praying, God, heal me. People in the world are just simply praying, God, heal my friend, heal my... People are praying this prayer while we struggle with what to say about this subject. And it's pretty simple. It's pretty simple. God is the healer. Hmm. Think about the ministry of Jesus. The ministry that he started with crowds, right? He didn't start in his ministry by saying, hey, guys, I got a plan. For the next year, listen, listen, listen. We're going to do some really great things to warm the crowd up. I'm going, to, I'm going to do some character building. We're going to do some trust falls. I got 52 weeks of great devos lined up. Then I'll mention the word healing. No, no, no. The very first thing he said, we think it's the deep end of the pool in the church because it's the super spiritual miracle type stuff, if that's a word. But Jesus said, you know what? The crowd's come to me. I'm going to do two things. I'm going to preach the good news and I'm going to heal the sick. And the crowds came, and that's what he did right off the bat. It was the entry point. 
for people, which is a powerful, powerful understanding of how we've positioned healing in this place of like it's in the, it's in the prayer room, it's kind of behind the curtains, but it's literally at the front door of Jesus' ministry. Even though the majority of people have prayed some type of healing prayer, we also have the questions around healing, though, don't we? And that's understandable. Like, is this even real? Is this even possible? Because here's what we know. It's natural to wonder, why on earth would God heal one person and not another? I mean, why, why would that even happen? Because we've all experienced the family member, the friend, who, who wasn't healed. Maybe ourself. We haven't been healed yet. I mean, I'll never forget, and many of you won't either, I'll never forget our friend Allison Walsh, who just earlier this past year passed away after many of us in this church prayed and prayed and prayed, and she wasn't healed. You know, we have to acknowledge that not all people get healed when we hope they will, but the Bible talks about a time where there'll be no more sickness, no more pain, no more suffering. Everyone completely healed and whole. The Bible talks about this, that it will happen when Jesus returns. And so biblically, we are living in a time when the kingdom of God is now and not yet. And what that means is, is I get to see and I get to taste and see and I get glimpses of the kingdom of God now. Jesus has come. He showed us the kingdom now. But all of its fullness is not yet. Therefore, I will see some miracles and some healings now. I won't see all healing and all miracles yet. We are in the in-between, if you will. And so when I think about that, I'm so thankful that I get glimpses and a foretaste of the kingdom that is to come. And I'm also grateful that God's greatest healing isn't the physical healing to our bodies, but his greatest healing that he has offered to all mankind is the healing to our, to our souls. So... Our friend Allison, and what I'm so thankful there is that she experienced spiritual healing, right? When she surrendered her life to Jesus, Jesus saved her. She was healed in her soul, so she's now with Jesus. God brings healing not only to our bodies supernaturally, but he brings it, of course, to our minds, and he can bring healing to our soul. So here's what I want to do today. I want to answer a few questions about healing today, and here they are. What does the Bible say about healing? Does healing happen today? And how do we pray for healing? So let's go to the first question. What does the Bible say about healing? Well, the Bible says a lot, but I think we could start with Jesus. Uh, when, when we read the stories of Jesus, I think for a lot of us, we read those stories and we think, oh, that's, that's really connected to the Bible. Therefore, those stories are for then and not now. And so when you read it at face value, you might think, that's not really for me. It's a, it was a kind of a period of time for Jesus' ministry. But if you read the Bible deeper, what you find is that Jesus passed his authority and his ministry to his disciples, which therefore passed it on to his church. And so if you're really paying attention to what the Bible says, you're like, hold on, Jesus was doing all this stuff. He then passed this on to his disciples, which passed it on to his church, which passed it on to me. Therefore, am I supposed to be seeing the ministry of Jesus happening in the here and now, right now as we speak? And the answer to that is theologically, yes. Theologically, yes, there is, there is a thread that's pulled from Jesus to today. And it's through the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is active and alive and in us, and it holds the power of God. And it says, so, so when we see the ministry of Jesus, it doesn't just start with him, though, this whole idea of, of healing. I'm going to go back 
a few centuries. We're going to go back to Exodus chapter 15, verse 26. It says this, I am the Lord who heals you. From the beginning, God's nature has been to heal. He wants to, he wants to help you. He loves you. He wants you to thrive in life. And so even when we think about Jesus, the name Jesus actually means Savior. The Greek word for Savior is the word sozo. Sozo. Everyone say sozo. sozo. The D is kind of silent. You can spell it S-O-Z-O as well. But it means I save, but in the Greek it also means I heal. So Jesus has come to save you and to heal you. You understand that? Like, what does that mean? Well, it starts with our soul, right? He wants to heal you internally. He wants to heal your soul. He wants to, he wants to make you complete in him. In John 9, Jesus heals a blind man. So one of the stories of Jesus, he heals a blind man. And a conversation between Jesus and religious leaders kind of gets comes out of this. Religious leaders are like, how did you do this? We don't understand. Are you really the son of God? Are you really who you're saying you are? And there's kind of a little bit of a, a debate on this. And it flows all the way into chapter 10. And in John 10, Jesus says something breathtaking. I mean, literally breathtaking. It's blow your mind breathtaking. He says this to all the doubters, all the doubters, because usually healing is accompanied by a bunch of doubters, isn't it? Yeah, all the doubters. He says this, John 10, 37, don't believe me unless I carry out my father's work. He starts out by saying, you don't have to believe me. Don't even, don't believe anything I say unless I'm carrying out my father's work. But if I do his work, believe in the evidence of the miraculous works that I have done. Even if you don't believe me, then you will know and understand that the Father is in me and I'm in the Father. You want to know how I'm the Son of God? I have some evidence of some healings you can't deny and some miracles that you can't deny. So Jesus hangs his entire ministry on the evidence of miracles and the presence of healing. Jesus said, you may not want to believe me, but how are you going to deny what's happening? How are you going to deny the miracles that I'm doing? Jesus knew that the work of healing and the work of miraculous other stuff, like feeding 5,000 people with no food, like him, he knew that those miracles would authenticate his authority. You see, here's the deal. He needed something to prove that the authority he was living under and working under was authenticated. And the only authenticity he could give is he could create signs that point to who he is. We've heard it called signs and wonders. Maybe you've heard that before. Really, if you think about a sign, what is it? You know, if you see a sign that says Kansas is north, Texas is south, it's telling you which direction to go, where things are, the destination is, right? And there's a sign when Jesus says, I'm going to heal this person. It's a sign pointing to he is in control. He has all authority. He can do whatever he wants. He defies natural order. He is supernatural wonder. You understand? Like, he's like, I'm going to give you signs so you won't have to ask yourself, is Jesus who he said he was? Because if he gives us signs and he shows us these things, we know that we can say, that's the way God is. Where's God? Did you see what he just did? It's through Jesus. So healing is a sign to tell us the way to go. 25% of the gospels, by the way, are taking up with the healing ministries healing miracles of Jesus. One quarter, 25%. Can you believe that? You're reading the Gospels. A quarter of the time, you're reading about a healing. 
In the Gospels, there are 37 specific miracles that Jesus performs, but also in the Gospels, there are times when it says things like it does in Luke 4. At sunset, the people brought uh, to Jesus all who had various sickness, laying his hands on each one of them, he healed them. Then, scriptures, well, by the way, scriptures like that aren't even counted in the 37 because it's not a specific miracle. So it's believed that it actually, what we read in the Bible is just a fraction, it's just the tip of the iceberg of what Jesus did. G John actually backs this up, John 20, verse 30. He says, Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book. He's like, there's a whole bunch of other stuff that happened, by the way. And then it goes on in chapter 21. He kind of reinforces this, John does. He says, Jesus said many other things as well. If every one of them were written down, I suppose not even the whole world would have enough room for the books that would be written. I love John. He's like, listen, I'm going to exaggerate a little bit, but it's crazy what happened. In Matthew 4.23, it says, Jesus went through Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and sickness among the people. I was talking to a friend about this just a couple weeks ago, someone here in the church, and we were saying, Jesus' whole ministry is pretty simple. He preached the good news of the kingdom, and he healed the sick. Like, that's what he did. Like, how nuts is that? Like, we make it so complicated, and Jesus is like, listen, I just want to tell people the truth, and I want to show them the power of God. Yeah. That's what he was doing. And in the Bible, it says, not only that's what he did, but then he passed it on to his church. And this is what the disciples do in the book of Acts. And, and we see it really throughout the centuries that this is the testimony of God's work in the world. And God is still healing people today. And, and just so you know, we are never more like the person God wants us to be than we, when we are partnering with him in the healing work of his ministry. And healing doesn't always mean miraculous. Healing can be uh, the love of God in me brings a, a healing touch to someone, right? Like, sometimes healing happens through relationship. Sometimes healing happens through love. Sometimes healing happens through what we can do as people. We have a human capacity to bring healing. It's not only in the medical field, but in the relational field. But there are some healings, right? There are some healings that Jesus wants to authenticate the power of God. There are some healings that only he can do. So... That's what the Bible says a little bit about healing. We could go on and on. It's, clear, it's, it's central to the ministry of Jesus, authenticates his authority and power, demonstrates God's love, and he has invited you and me into that ministry. Like, if you're just like really simple, this is what's going on. So let's go to the second question. The second question is this. Does healing happen today? And I thought it would be really cool way to answer this by just letting you hear a few stories of people who've encountered this. And so I want to invite a couple guys if you're up on stage, uh, Kyle Hicks and Brian Bytel, would you guys come on up? And as they're coming, I'll just kind of set this up. These two guys, they were part of Alpha. They were part of Alpha this last semester. And, and uh, believe it or not, believe it or not, Alpha has a night that asks that question, that asks the question, does healing still happen today? And so I thought that would be a great question for us to explore. And at the end of the night, we actually invite anybody that needs healing to come forward and get prayer. You guys just take a seat there. I'll sit there. And, uh, and so what happened was I asked if anybody needs prayer. And uh, a bunch of people came forward. I mean, a lot. And two of them were these guys. And we prayed. And I just thought you guys would be encouraged to hear, hear their story. And so give it up one more time for Brian and Kyle. So the question is, does God heal today? And we've been answering that a little bit already, but I think your stories um, are just so powerful. And so, Brian, would you just start us off by just kind of telling us kind of your story with healing and kind of 
yeah, just I'll let you go. Okay. Uh, well, when the question was asked in Alpha, I mean, I knew Jesus healed people because the Bible tells us that. And I just don't know if I believed he would heal me uh, if we're being real. And mm -hmm. so, you know, the question came about, and we discussed it, and we had really good discussion about it. And then uh, they said, does anybody want healing? And I looked at my wife kind of in my goofy way and was like, you want to go pray for my ankle? <laughs> you know, uh, for y'all don't know, I was a runner. I was running 40, 50 miles a week up until April of last year. I ran the last marathon they had in the city. And uh, I barely finished. It was the most painful experience. Uh, I knew I had an injury going into it. I didn't know how extensive it was. But after the marathon, I decided to go check with my doctor and he said it was over with mm -hmm. the my running career was over I needed to buy a bicycle because uh, my ice cream scoop had fallen off the cone and he couldn't put it back on was exactly what he told me he's so uh, <laughs> you know I, that that applies to a lot of things I think. yeah I'm gonna use that, <laughs> that invitation that's the a metaphor yeah okay go ahead Sorry. so you know uh, we went back and, and Tim said take your shoe off and he kneeled down and he invited the Holy Spirit and uh, he said, only you can do certain things. And, and God, we're asking for you to do this. And uh, it didn't happen immediately. You know, I went home. I didn't know. You know, I was like, hey, that was cool. And uh, <laughs> got prayed for it or whatever. Yeah. Uh, but two weeks later, it was a Sunday at 4 a.m. I woke up with a cramp unlike I'd ever had. And it, being a runner, you become accustomed to cramps, especially in the middle of the night. And, uh, but it was like my calf, I don't know how to explain it, but the tendons in my feet, it felt like they were being pulled out of my foot. Mm -hmm. Like, I call it the soft meat between the bones in my feet. My, uh, my wife knew what I was talking about, but when, I woke, when she woke up, so it hurt so bad that like, I had to jump out of bed I was crying, it did not feel good. But, and I expected when I hit the floor that it was gonna be excruciating because of the amount of pain I was in. But when I hit the floor, there was no pain. Hmm. And I, you know, I didn't put two and two together when I, we woke up for, for church that morning. I said, hey, I had the weirdest cramp I've ever had. And then I was sitting in church and I had my, my legs crossed. And usually I, could, I can't do that because if your foot hangs for a while, it, begins to hurt. I had no strength. I couldn't even pick up a sheet with my foot was how damaged the, the tendons were. Uh, but I was sitting there and I looked at her and I said, hey, my ankle feels way different than it has in nine months. Uh, and I still hadn't put two and two together. You know, I was standing on my tippy toes. I was just elated. And uh, <laughs> <clears throat> she said, do you remember that time Tim prayed for your ankle? couple of weeks ago yeah. and it clicked and I was thinking no way you know <laughs> I've still blown away I went and ran five miles that day and uh, <laughs> you know, there's still if we're being honest there's still a little bit of like unbelief that goes yeah. is this it? like I, I'll be running and just waiting for it to quit you know and uh but it hasn't, and I yeah. continue to do the same. We ran a race on Thanksgiving. I'm going to run a race with my friend Gary next weekend. Uh, it's just really cool, man. It's made 
like it's ignited my faith in this thing and I just continue to tell everybody that I've come across anytime I'm given a chance to speak to a group of people I let them know because that's what Tim told me to do <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I told I told him two things I was like hey man just be waiting it might not happen right now it could happen in a it could happen in a few days or whatever yeah. it just depends on your faith level it takes the less faith you have, the longer it takes. He's yeah. building your faith. I'm just kidding. No, that was a joke. That was totally a joke. And then the other thing is, I said, yeah, testify, right? And uh, and you're doing that, and you're testifying, which is awesome because every time you testify, it builds it builds faith not only in you but in others. And so, man, that's awesome, man. Well, uh, Kyle, what about you, man? Tell us your story a little bit. Which his story, I'll just kind of say this for you. It, it, he's gonna back up a little bit for yeah. us. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my name's Kyle. Um, I have to read this because I to my college speech class, so I'm going to do it like this. Um, so Tim asked me to talk a little bit about healing, and I was just going to tell you guys about my Alpha experience at first, but there's always so much more with our God. <clears throat> January 25th, 2020, um, just less than two months before Rudy Gobert touched all the microphones and the world started turning to fear <laughs> and the internet instead of Jesus, um, the Holy Spirit confronted me in a real life-changing way. I was working way too much, trying to hide behind my craft. I was hiding, holding on to guilt from my dad's suicide five years before. <clears throat> my relationship with Christ was lukewarm, despite him showing me he was real time and time again. I weighed 405 pounds, and I was always in pain. I ruptured a disc in my back playing nose guard at Oklahoma State in 2003, and had been a <clears throat> source of discomfort ever since. On January 1st, 2014, I was at a snow skiing accident that ended with me being metaflighted out of Angel Fire, New Mexico, nine days in the hospital, two knee surgeries. I was 36 years old, depressed, overweight, unhealthy. I was supposed to be enjoying life with my wife, playing with my kids, being a light in this world, but all I felt was darkness. I felt like a life that was comfortable or painless or just full of joy wasn't, wasn't even possible. Rarely would I smile or even be pleasant. My problems were taking over, and I couldn't fix them. It affected everyone around me, mostly my family. <laughs> I believed in Jesus as my Savior since I was a kid, but I didn't know about the power of the Holy Spirit until he came <clears throat> to guide me. Mm. I caught fire for the, for, for the Lord that night. The Holy Spirit told me that he needed me to be a light, but I couldn't do it in my current condition. We had to do some work. He reminded me that he had already taken away my guilt, so why was I holding on to it? Instantly a weight was lifted. I felt light despite being heavier than, heavier than I ever had been. It was a boost I needed to start on my temple that I had neglected for 16 years. <clears throat> it took me 18 months to lose 180 pounds. I got started um, by stopping calling myself a foodie and started actually eating healthy. <laughs> um, I got an app called Couch to 5K, which trains you to run a 5K in three months, no matter your physical condition. My wife, Amanda, who should be given a medal of some sort for being our family's spiritual rock and putting up with me and our two boys, <clears throat> was already running, and she encouraged me to do that with her, and she ran with me as well. So September 12, 2020, I ran slowly a 5K with my wife, threw up at the finish line, felt like my hip was fractured. <laughs> so I traded in my running shoes for my old mountain bike out of, out of my storage. I began riding around the river trail until I was light enough to get a road bike, I've now logged 7,000 miles on that bike. My longest ride was 125 miles. My fastest 100-mile ride was four hours and 29 minutes. That's 22.7 mile per hour average. And three years before, I couldn't even hardly tie my shoes. Like, God is good, right? Yeah. 
The more I rode, the more I lost, the more pain and discomfort left. The more I would seek God, the more I would pray, <clears throat> the softer my heart would become, more darkness would leave, more light would come in. <clears throat> I sit here today a different person than I was three years ago, and I can only give God the glory for that. Fast forward to October 16th this year, we are camping in southern Arkansas, where, by the way, you don't want to leave your kids out in hammocks because black bears will sniff them in their sleep. <laughs> Heads up. Anyway, my back goes out because, well, camping, and I can't ride for a month. And this isn't the first time it's gone out since I've lost weight. I've used, it used to go out three or four times a year, and I was in pain even when it wasn't out. Now it's like once a year, and when it's not out, I'm great. So already a huge improvement. There was an annual bike race on Sunday, November 6th. I had I'd, I'd done the year before, and I was looking forward to do that race again. But my back was hurting from camping, so I didn't do it. And came here instead, where the Holy Spirit was moving in this building in an incredible way, all through worship. And I felt like Tim had written the sermon specifically for me. And his presentation of the gospel and the way we trade our sin for life was the clearest picture I've ever seen. Thank you, Tim, by the way, and the Holy Spirit for the way you teach us and give us real practical ways to apply God's word to our lives. And I truly appreciate that. On our way home, I told Amanda, my back is jacked so I, so I could hear that sermon. I missed that race so I could be here. And of course, <clears throat> I could listen to it later online, but there's just something different when you're here with the entire body and the Holy Spirit is moving, it's powerful. The next night, Monday night, was the Alpha meeting. Of course, the topic was healing. By the way, if you haven't gone through Alpha, you need to, just period. We need to be better equipped and have more confidence to boldly speak truth about our Savior in this crazy, confused world, and Alpha does that. Mm. Tim gets up to pray and says he feels like there's something, some specific things he needs to pray for, healing over. And when he says that, I already know what he's going to say. And I start saying to myself, don't say lower back. Don't say lower back. I guess really because if he does call me and it doesn't work, I don't want to be disappointed because I've been on fire for the Lord. And this back thing has been here for 20 years. But don't you know our God never disappoints? Mm. And of course, he says, I feel like there's someone here that needs healing in their lower back. <laughs> So I say to myself, but he's not going to say specifically a ruptured disc. And he says, specifically someone with a ruptured disc. <laughs> so I start crying. I walk to the back where he's called. Anyone who needs healing prayed over them. I tell him, I think that one was for me. He prays. I go home. Nothing too exciting. I go to sleep. And when I wake up, my lower back feels numb, like a numbing shot in my back numb. I tell him, man, I think my back doesn't hurt. I give it a couple days, jump back on the bike, and feel better than ever. But I'm dumb and doubtful, so even when Tim asked me to share this, I was on a ride, and I said, God, am I healed? <laughs> <laughs> if I am, just give me the green light. Let me know if I'm supposed to do this. And I rode for 26 miles with not one red light. Cars at stop signs waved me through like I was the president. <laughs> but little did they know I was being escorted by the king. Praise God. <laughs> So the question is, does God heal today? And I mean, thank you guys for answering that so boldly and so clearly. Um, yeah, just praise God for what God's done in your life. Um, will you give it up for these two guys? And thank you guys for sharing. Man. 
is powerful, right? You know, that particular night when we prayed, we actually had several come forward, and it wasn't all physical healing like that. There was some spiritual healing. There was some people who had emotional healing happen, and maybe you're wondering, like, okay, I, I get it, but how do I do it? Like, how do you do healing as if it's something you go and do? I remember the first time I was, um, I was a young pastor. I was asked to come to the hospital and pray over someone for healing. And I had no idea what to do, by the way. Like, I thought, well, maybe I just got to pray really strong. Like, long and loud. <laughs> like, God, I just got to raise my voice. <clears throat> I can't even do that. But I thought if I just pray louder, and I don't know how many, how many know that we don't really, nobody really wants to hear loud prayer, much less God. So I just prayed long and loud, and I don't, I don't, I just made a bunch of noise. And, you know, the, the last question I have for us today is how do you pray for healing? How do you pray for healing? And, and I just thought, you know, in the last few years, um, you know, the Lord's been teaching some different things that are a lot more simple than just loud and long. And in fact, there's a quote from John Wimber that I, that I really enjoy. And it just says, he's talking about his church, this is a pastor. And he said, when we prayed for no one, no one was healed. Now we pray for lots of people and some are healed. <laughs> and, and I just love that idea, like, that the first thing when it says, well, how do we, how do we pray for healing is, one, we got to pray. You just actually, we actually need to pray. God doesn't answer unprayed prayers. And secondly, there's not a right way to pray. And what I mean by that, there's probably a wrong way. I get that. <laughs> but, what I, but, but there's not one singular way to pray. There's a few ways in the Bible that they give us examples of some instruction. In James 5, there's some instruction about you can go to your elders. You can go to spiritual leaders. They can anoint oil and pray for healing for you. And, and I actually did a message about this about a year ago, and extensively, when we went through the book of James. And I talked about what does that look like. That's one way you see in the New Testament healing happen. Another way you see it is what Jesus actually did. Jesus said all the crowds came to him. He laid his hands on them. So we talked about the laying on of hands. He laid his hands on them, and he prayed over them, and they were healed of their, of their sickness. And that particular practice of laying on of hands gets practiced and repeated again and again throughout the scriptures in the New Testament church. So there's a laying on of hands that's happened. And you think about, well, why is that? What's the whole laying on of hands? Well, when, when we put a hand on others, we are literally asking like the Holy Spirit to work in and through us. Because we are, as we talked last week, God's resting place. That the Holy Spirit resides in us. And so when we lay hands on someone, we aren't like magically trying to do anything. But we are just saying, Lord, we depend on you right now. We're united together in this prayer. And we're just asking your Holy Spirit to flow through this moment. And, and when, when Peter in, Act, in, in Acts chapter 3, I don't know if you remember this little story, but he says... There's a, there's, a, there's, a, there's a crippled man there, and he says, the guy's asking for help. He's a beggar in that moment, and he says, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I'm going to give to you. What is he giving him? He's giving him the Holy Spirit. He's giving him what he has. Like, I possess the Holy Spirit, and I'm about to give it to you. And so he shares with them. And so here's the idea is that we can actually share what God's given us. If God's given us the Spirit, we can share it. If God's given us love, we can share it. If God, I mean, so when we... When we're, we're just sharing with someone in the laying on of hands. So God doesn't need us to lay on hands, but it's one of the ways he works. God doesn't need us to anoint oil, but it's one of the ways he works. God doesn't need us elders to pray over you, but it's one of the ways he works. And those are just a few of the ways we see in the scriptures. So I thought, 
I'd actually show you. This is a very different message today. I get that. And, and, but I, I kind of like that too. So I want to do something uh, today to just show you. If you're someone here and you're like, man, you know what? I really need healing in my life. But I don't really know how to pray for it. And I don't know if I want to go and ask someone else to pray for me because that feels very weird and awkward. And, and so in case you've always been intimidated by like when we say, hey, if you need prayer today, just come forward and pray. If you've been intimidated by what is that going to look like? What's that going to feel? Uh, that's going to be weird. Are they going to say a lot of really weird like words that I don't understand? Uh, all that kind of stuff. I just want to disarm all that today. And I want to I actually show you. So I actually asked Julian during worship if he would come up. And I just want to demonstrate um, what it looks like to pray over someone. In fact, I want to show you kind of the a little bit of a, of a way I pray with people like when they ask for healing. Specifically, like this is what I did with Kyle and Brian. I just prayed this kind of simple way. And so, uh, Julian, come on over here, man. Thanks, Julian, for doing this. I appreciate you, man. Um, I want to take the mystery out of it, all right? So you're actually going to watch me pray for Julian. Is that all right? So Julian comes forward, and, and I'm going to kind of talk to you, but also talk with him. This is a real prayer moment. And so if it's okay, I just want to ask you, and you can be very, you don't have to get super deep right now. It can be, it can be something pretty normal if you want, but, and it doesn't even have to be healing prayer, just a, just a prayer need in your life. But is there something that I can just pray for you about right now? What I'm doing right now is I'm, what I call a pre-interview. I'm just interviewing him about what does he need prayer for? And I'm getting real clear and specific because a lot of times they come with a story and it takes forever. Listen, I don't need the whole life story. I need to know what you need prayer for. <laughs> I'm training you. So well, how can I pray for you today? Uh, just the increase of hope for uh, in, in Christ uh, for the future for my family. The increase of hope yeah. in the area. Uh, hope for the future. And I, and I get it. There's probably a lot of questions about the future, a lot of, like, uncertainty. Yeah. Kind of, God, am I doing the right thing in the future? What's the right thing? Look like? Yeah, I get it. So hope for the future. So I've just clarified the need. And then here's what I'm going to do. I'm, I already did this already, but usually I would say, hey, can I put my hand on you? Yeah. And uh, I'm just going to do a couple things, Julie. I'm going to invite the Holy Spirit to come. We're going to ask for this in Jesus' name. We're just going to see what he does. So I'm going to invite the Holy Spirit to come. Holy Spirit, would you just come right now? Would you just come on Julian right now, just in your power, right? Just come upon him because, Lord, we need you. So, Holy Spirit, we invite you to fill up Julian in this moment for your purpose and for your sake. Sometimes I might add a little declaration like, God loves you, Julian. And I really, I know we know that in our heads, but I want you to feel that in your heart right now, that he loves you, that he sees you, that he knows that you want hope. So now I'm just going to ask in Jesus' name, because how many know that we have no power with our words? It's only the power of the name of Jesus. It actually says that in John 14 when he says, he says, he says, anything you come and ask in my name, I will give you. So we pray in the name of Jesus. We don't pray out of anything else. I don't have to raise my voice because you know what? All I got to do is just rely on the name of Jesus. So right now in the name of Jesus, we pray. We pray for this, this need that, that Julian has presented, this, this, this need for hope right now. Would you fill his heart with hope? Would you, fill his, would you fill his mind with hope when his mind is anxious? We just pray hope right now. 
hope right now. Holy Spirit, we just bring hope to him. We just ask that in Jesus' name. That's all I do. I don't keep going, and then I just check in, and I just see if the Holy Spirit's doing work in him. Julian, if I can ask you as I'm praying, is there anything that the Holy Spirit's even doing in you? I know you're in front of a bunch of people, but is there anything going on right now in your heart, in your mind, as I'm praying hope over you? Um, I think there's just an ex uh, reminder exchange of <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> it's just a reminder exchange of just the Holy Spirit I don't have an earthly one. Yeah. So it's just, yeah. So it means a lot. It means a lot. Every time I ask what the Holy Spirit's doing, it, it's, you can't predict it. All of a sudden, God's healing something in his heart, right? And Holy Spirit, we just, we just lean into that right now. <laughs> we just lean into that and we just ask the Holy Spirit, you would just continue to do more. The hope that you're giving him as his father, the healing that you're doing in his heart from the from the pain that he's felt. God, we just ask you to just heal in this moment. We ask you to bring hope out of this moment. And Holy Spirit, we just seal it in the name of Jesus, knowing that only you can do this. We just pray these things in your name. Amen. Amen. And I close with just thanking God in a simple way. And then, Julian, I would tell you this, just like I told Brian and I told Kyle. Just be paying attention these next few days. See if hope doesn't rise up in you in a special way. And if he does, and if it's something that you just like, wow, that was God's doing something. Testify. Tell your wife. Tell some other people. Start testifying of what he's doing. Now I'm just giving him a little coaching. And then I say, brother, grace and peace. It's okay, I'm gonna keep you a few minutes over 11.45. Um, there's no magic to it. What I'm saying is it's simple. It's just a dependency on the Holy Spirit. It's an asking in Jesus' name, and it's expecting God to do something. And we wanna invite you into that today. We wanna invite you into that kind of prayer today that maybe you need it. And so if you just bow your head, actually, why don't you stand and then bow your heads. I'm going to lead us today in some prayer. <clears throat> I believe God wants to do some heal, healing today. I believe he wants to heal some of us in here today. God heals physically, spiritually, mentally, emotionally. Here in just a second, band's getting ready. Um, I'm going to have them just lead us in a song. We want to make some room today. And that song, Make Room, is perfect, perfect lyric. We want to make some room. And even as we sing, if you know the lyrics, you might just close your eyes the whole time and just say, Lord, I'm going to make some room for you to do what you want to do today. Even if you're not thinking, I need healing right now, but just, Lord, I want to make room for you. Make room for others. So would you just join me in prayer? And then we're going to sing for just like, just a couple minutes. God, we just pray right now. The Lord, as we create space for you to move, that Lord, this right now in Jesus' name would be a time of healing over this church, over this body, and over people here. Pray these things in your name. Amen. We hope you've enjoyed this week's message. 
If there's anything we can pray with you about, or if you have questions about God, we'd love to talk with you. Please visit our contact page at okccommunitychurch.com.